Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go to 2 Timothy. We're going to jump around a few verses before we get there, but you go ahead and go to 2 Timothy and the guys will pop up some verses for you. We've been talking about this matter of stewarding the divine, stewarding, becoming good stewards. You know, your life is not a product of what you obtain. It's a, it's a product of what you maintain. It's what you take care of. It's what you honor. It's what you protect. It's what you value. These are the things that we're talking about. We're talking about the elements of honor and how, you know, God can do a thing for us, but you know, most importantly, he wants to do a thing through us. And when he does something for you, it doesn't take quite the diligence and the discipline and the intentionality for him to do something for you as it does for him to do something through you and with you. I heard someone make a powerful statement just in the last few days. I can't remember. It was Monday or Tuesday. I was listening and made this statement. It says, we all know that we can do nothing without him, but have we learned what we can do with him? Huh? I can focus on what I, I know I can't do it without him, but what can I do with him? What can he do with me? Come on, this is a partnership he's invited you into. This is not just an experience. It's not just a one and done deal. I believe Jesus came to start something, not just finish something. He finished his work. That's why he said, it is finished. Okay, I've finished my part, but in in essence, he's saying, tag, you're it. He's handing off the baton, and now you go do. You go, therefore, into all the world, into all the nations. The Great Commission is our starting line, guys. The Great Commission is the the gun firing off, and and we're to take this mission now from, from what Jesus completed on the cross and when he rose again, and now what do we do? with that and to to really walk in that and to really understand that we have to understand more of what we are to maintain not just what we have obtained we know we've obtained salvation we've obtained righteousness we've obtained citizenship of heaven we've obtained royalty status come on you are royalty you are greatness if you haven't heard that this week if if they if all you've heard is your uh no good worthless not doing enough i'm here to tell you tonight you are greatness you are royalty you're seated next to royalty yep right next to you is greatness amen these are the things we've obtained but now what am i called to maintain how do i take care of value honor commit to what he's made available to me. I love learning and discovering what he's provided. I love learning, but it's not what he provides that gets me over. It's my understanding of it. I cannot live beyond my understanding. I cannot apply beyond revelation. Revelation has to come before application. And so how do we steward the divine? How do we steward a move of God? How do we steward revival? How do we steward a miracle? How do we steward? I remember, you know, Brother Hagen, he uh, worked and, and operated quite effectively in the healing ministry and in the healing capacity, would see miracles, signs and wonders right in front of him. But he ended up started getting 
you know, uh, other pastors, other ministers, even other ministers that were operating in a healing ministry capacity, they would write him and say, I, I, I can get them healed, but they're having a problem staying healed. How do we maintain? How do we keep? How do we hold on to? Not with a fear of losing it, but a, a, a protective covering over it, valuing and honoring. And we've said this before that, you know, when you really value something, you don't just lay it around wherever, easily accessible, right? Your most valuable possessions are locked away somewhere. They're hidden somewhere. They're underneath things. They're up on top of things, right? They're not easily found. They're not just laying on the coffee table. I hope, I hope so, guys. I hope so. My, my son will leave it laying around right? But as we mature, we learn how to honor a little bit better. We learn how to protect. We learn how to take care of. You know, I, I'm trying to think of something as I was growing up that I love or valued, but kind of the joke was, are you going to sleep with it tonight? Right? You're going to put it under your pillow. You're going to, you're going to, you know, that's why? Because you honor it. You value it. There's a value system in place. And I want us to value the things of God once again. I, I think this this last day awakening revival, whatever you want to call it, um, we're going to have to know how to steward it. We're going to know have to we're going to have to know how to take care of it. What that looks like tonight, I want to talk to you about the principle of meditation. The principle of meditation, and I want to lead you with this statement, and then we'll look at a few verses. What I entertain, I empower. What I entertain, I empower. And this goes both ways. You know, it's quite interesting that even though the enemy is far inferior to God, you know that, right? They're not, he's not nipping on God's heels. He's not right on his toes. I'm going to get you. They're so far apart, guys, it's not even funny. There is no dog in the fight. There, there is, he has lost this thing. He's been whipped, stripped, defeated, made a mockery of, guys. I mean, it's, it's not even close. So we're not talking about, uh, you know, the enemy's works or his power or, or, or his capacity to influence in the earth being just as strong as God's. But what I am going to show you is that what you entertain what you tolerate, what you allow, what you focus on, what you uh, uh, fixate on will make one greater or stronger in your life than the other. That ultimately, God and the enemy, even though far apart in capacity, are empowered by the same principles in our lives. So he says this in Psalms chapter 119. Again, you're in 2 Timothy. Just reminding you, because I'm going to start hearing some pages flip, but I want to get through these quick so we can camp on 2 Timothy. But Psalms 119, verse 9, it'll be on the screen. How can a young man keep his way pure? He says, by keeping your word. The word has a lot to say about hearing it. But now we're talking about keeping it. Keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured, that sounds like value, doesn't it? I have treasured your word where? 
in my heart, in a place not easily accessible. Remember the seed that fell on the wayside? That wasn't in the heart. That wasn't in the depths of your spirit and in your soul. That wasn't something that they kept in front of them. That was something that barely got in front of them. It landed on the wayside and it said that the enemy comes immediately to steal the word sown by the wayside. You know, he says, I've treasured your word. And then he gives us a location in my heart so that I may not sin against you. What have we been saying? That your life is the result of not what you obtain, but what you maintain. I've treasured your word in my heart so I don't respond out of alignment to it. I don't respond with inferior activity. I don't respond with something that is uh, 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 counter to what your word would say or command me to do. Proverbs chapter four. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter four. We have a, do I have a water? I can grab one of those. I'll steal yours. You don't have germs or nothing, right? <laughs> That's my wife if you didn't know, so I can it's okay to drink after her. Amen. Proverbs chapter four. Listen, listen, my son, accept my words, and you will live many years. Notice the response. You will live as a result of listening and accepting. I'm teaching you the way of wisdom. I'm guiding you on straight paths when you walk. Your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Here it is. Hold on to instruction. Don't let go. Guard it. Sounds like management, doesn't it? Sounds like stewardship. Sounds like taking care of something. Guard it, for it is your life. Proverbs 5, verse 1. My son, pay attention. To my wisdom, listen closely to my understanding. Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 7, a few verses down. So now, sons, listen to me. And I love that he's identifying this relationship. You know, it's it's dangerous to demand of something, uh, of someone deeper than what the relationship is. And so he's recognizing, look, I have a voice into your life because I I have a role in your life. This is father to son talk. Isn't just some casual, you know, I, I I don't correct other people's kids. Sometimes you want to. Sometimes you're in the restaurant, it's like, if you won't, I will say something. I can I can handle it. But you let it go. But now if it's my own son. And look, I wouldn't want to be letting it go so that someone else has to address it. That's my son. So he's saying, man, I've got entrance into your life to to value my words. This is father to son. There's a relationship here. So now sons, listen to me. And here it is. Don't turn away from the words from my mouth. Each of these passages present an element of what you do with the word after it's heard, or for the sake of this series, after it's obtained. We're talking about the maintenance portion. It's not fun, I know. 
We love to talk about the booming voice and the angels and the clouds parting and the light and the visions and the and God wants those things. Man, you remember that initial revelation, but but revelation only has the capacity to influence influence your life through the power of meditation. And without meditation, we will nullify the revelation. I'll say that again, without meditation. I remember growing up, you know, we would memorize scripture. Scripture memory was the thing that we did. And, and I'm not talking about for prizes or competitions. I'm talking about just in my house. At one point, I had uh, all of Psalm 121, lift up your eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Uh, I had all of Psalm 91. Oh, that's a good one. We needed that one about three years ago, didn't we? It may fall to my left. It may not. It may fall around my right. But it, with long life, he will satisfy me and show me salvation. Oh, that's a powerful one. Had these deep within my heart. Deep within my heart. It's this power of meditation that really takes on the, the life of the word and makes it real and applicable to you. We've taken, uh, we've got prophecies that we've either received uh, personally or for the church, and they are written down somewhere. Someone in our church just recently from, um, I think it was uh, when Pastor Paul Brady was here, he prophesied over us in a service, and somebody just a couple months ago presented it to us framed so that we could, they typed it out and framed it for us. I've already got it written out myself, but these are words you want to keep in front of you. Why? Because the enemy loves to distract. He loves to get you off of what the word says. He loves to hinder the the growth process. It's really, meditation is really the most powerful element of the word coming to life in your life. Coming real, being made real, and producing the results. Meditation. Meditation is, at the end of the day, it's a form of honor. Because if you love it enough, if you honor it enough, if you value it enough, you'll keep it in front of you. If you value it enough, you'll rehearse it, recite it. You'll run it over in your mind. That's really what meditation means. It means to chew on. It means to think on. It means to dwell on. And so meditation doesn't even begin until you leave here. Meditation is not the initial hearing of it. Meditation is what I do with it once I've heard it. It's the maintenance portion of discipleship and the maintenance portion of living and growing in the word. And so we see in these several passages that uh, uh, these writers are helping us understand the power of thinking on a thing, staying on a thing, uh, not being moved to the right or to the left, not becoming distracted, not deterring, um, not entertaining other voices. Meditation may be the most hardest, uh, most difficult uh, process in the discipleship, in the growth and in the, the receiving of the word element because we live in a day where distractions are rampant. Distractions are everywhere. But, but here's the thing. Meditation is not difficult. In fact, you do it already. If you've ever had a hard time falling asleep because your mind just runs and runs and runs, you are meditating. You are actually really good at meditating, so good at it, you can't even fall asleep. 
You guys are amazing meditators. Anybody want to be honest enough to say, yep, I've had some nights. Will, will my mind shut off? That's, a, that's built within you. You just need to change the content. You need to change the movie. You need to pop the DVD disc out and you need to swap it with something else. Get your mind on him. It's the mind stayed on him. He says, I'll bring into perfect peace. The mind stayed on me. There's a staying power that's necessary. There's a component of remaining in, immovable, fixed in. It's the house built on the rock, not the house built on the sand. And so this meditation component, we're already doing it. It's just about meditating on the right content, meditating on the right principles, meditating on the right words. So whatever I entertain, I empower. I heard someone say, if you believe a lie, you empower the liar. If you believe a lie, you empower the liar. You believe a promise, then you are empowering the promise maker the promise keeper. Again, this doesn't make the word of God less than or weaker than the the, the word of the enemy, but you know how many times we partner with lies of the enemy? You know how many, uh, uh, meditation, if I could go this far, meditation is actually a form of partnership. You're actually accompanying it along. You're bringing it along with, you're, you're writing this thing out with that word that you received. And so I can meditate on a lie just as well as I can meditate on a word from God. And whichever one I meditate on is the one that I empower, is the one that I will yield results of in my life. It's a simple principle, but we want to dig into this tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we want to begin with verse 10. Paul is speaking with Timothy. And he says, but you have carefully followed. Do you see that? Carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, and then verse 11, persecutions and afflictions, which happened to me in Antioch at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. Now, how do you think he endured those? How do you think you endure trials and challenges? It's whichever word you empower. It's going to be a result of what you empower. We don't see a staying power in life because we don't have a staying power in the mind. We're not seeing this stick to We're not seeing this level of faithfulness. We're not seeing this level of endurance through the trials, through the struggles, through the issues, through the challenges. And all these challenges that he's listing are challenges because of the word. He's not doing anything wrong. Now, there are challenges that your life will be opened up to if you're out of alignment with the word, of course. But you know, there's also challenges that come because of the word. And it's going to be a real, how, how? When you witness, you perform signs and wonders, you deliver a demon-possessed girl, they arrest you, beat you, and then put you in a dungeon. How are you singing and praising God at midnight? 
Huh? Like the greatest struggle I've had this week is poor Wi-Fi. <laughs> right? I mean, our struggles don't relate, guys. <laughs> that might be a little far-fetched, but they just don't relate. But if he's singing and praising God at midnight, back-bloodied, and not only that, they don't know what's happening in the morning. For all they know, heads are rolling in the morning. <laughs> and he says, man, if I'm going out, I'm going out with a song in my heart and a song in my mouth. Start praising and worshiping. How does that happen? Meditation is how that happens. Thinking on. We, 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 we sing a, a, a song tonight. You are good. You are good. You are good. You meditate on his goodness. You meditate on his faithfulness. You meditate. And, and, and look, we can all jump over and meditate on the bad things that are happening. That's easy. You ever notice that the negative is always easier to think on than the positive? The negative is always easier to talk about than the positive? Like, it, it takes a hundred times the energy and effort to conjure up something positive than it does to just spit out the negative. But it's this power of meditation that he's talking about. He's saying, you carefully follow me in my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, but also in the persecutions and afflictions. And he says, out of all of them, the Lord delivered me. Verse 12, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But here's the answer. How are we going to combat this, Timothy? Verse 14, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. That's the answer. It's the continuing. It's the continuing. I mean, I've been in some powerful services. I've been in some powerful moments. I've been in services where the prophetic has just flowed. I've been in services where healings and wonders were just taking place. I've been in services where gifts were in demonstration. I've been in services that moved you to laughing, dancing, crying, weeping, rolling, laying flat on your face, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like Brother Hagin used to say, you, you, you can leap. You can run, you can dance, but when you hit the ground, you better be able to walk straight. You better be able to continue in. Otherwise, we treat church services and revivals like a drug that we have to keep coming back to to get a fix. Huh? No, if we would just continue in, you'd find out you need less of what you think you need in, 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 I mean, let, let's just talk about this. We, we made this statement last week. Do we want the move of God or do we want the God of the move? But let me just go one step further. When is God not moving? <laughs> or maybe we've redefined a move of God. Maybe a move of God could be as small and easy as the still small voice, the inward witness. It could save your life. I would call that a move of God. Coming up to a red light, hit the brakes right now. Why? It doesn't make sense. Hit the brakes. Zoom. I've heard stories. 
That's a move of God. Inward witness. Still small voice. The Holy Spirit is always moving, speaking. And if, if, if like what we've been talking about, if, if we'll get in a habit, <clears throat> not, out of, <clears throat> not out of familiarity, it's just, oh, he's just, he's talking all the time. But in a habitual routine of sensitivity to his voice, it wouldn't need to be so dynamic. It wouldn't need to be so glossed up like we make it. No, he says, man, if you'll continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood, from childhood, he says, you've known the Holy Scripture. He's what? He's taking them right back to, it's the, the same thing that you heard when you were a child is the same thing that'll get you through these persecutions and trials and afflictions. You know, when God came to <clears throat> Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, and he's getting ready to take them into the promised land, Moses and the former generation have passed on. Do you remember the words that he gave Joshua? He said, obey the commands that I gave to my servant Moses. He's not even getting new instruction. He's not getting a new set of word or, you know, a lot of times we think, I need a, I need a word, I need a word. No, you need what you need to apply and hold on to and continue in what you already have. It seems like we're constantly in this this, this contradiction of God's really doing the same thing he's always done, but then he makes statements like, uh, you know, but all things are made new, or behold, I'm doing a new thing. And it's like, God, which is it? I think the, the, the issue is, <clears throat> is don't put the old in a box, but also don't put the new in a box. Let's just let God be God. And whether he comes through a, a, a booming voice or whether it's right here in a verse that I highlighted 13 years ago because I wrote the date by the side of it, either way, he's going to lead me and he's going to guide me. And either way, it's going to require a continuing in. If I get a new word today, it's going to require continuing in. If I, if I just look at the word I've had for the last 13 years, it's going to require a continuing in. You think Moses had to continue in You'll be a father of many nations. Great will be your descendants. Greater than the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. For 25 years, he had to continue in that. And you don't think he came up against some persecution and oppression? I mean, he even tried to fix it himself. Instituted his own program. So, there's an, a, a, a value here for keeping in the word. Psalms chapter 1. You can go to that one. <clears throat> I'm done with 2 Timothy. You can go to the Psalms. Psalms 1. Because we'll camp here a little bit. Great passage. You're, you're familiar with it. Like a tree planted, he says. In the New Living, it reads, Oh, the joys. Psalms 1, verse 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Notice, you, you, you do not have any promises in the word. You can't stand on this promise that there won't be ulterior voices. Even Adam and Eve had ulterior voices. 
even Adam, in paradise, guys, had options. That's where love is revealed. You're, you don't even know your affections until you have to pick one over the other. Set your mind on things above, not on things below. You're always going to have an option of where to set your affections. Set your mind. Fixate your thoughts. Meditate. Not, the, not an Eastern form of meditation, not a Western form, a heaven form of meditation. Thinking on, because what I entertain, I empower. And so he says, uh, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. The first thing he says is watch your environment. It's very difficult. We make it hard on ourselves trying to entertain God's word in the midst of other voices. Sometimes you got to shut things out, don't you? Meditation doesn't work very well when you're constantly combated with other voices. I'm going to just tell you right now, uh, one is going to sound real logical. One, you can reason. One, you can justify. And the other is not going to make any sense at all. God's voice usually won't make any sense. The Israelites had an option in Numbers chapter 13, and they reasoned their way right out of the promised land. They had natural justification. It was called earthly man-made wisdom. There's big old dudes in there. The city's well fortified. Man, the land's way too vast. We can't even take care of all that. It will get swallowed up. We're just grasshoppers. And they reasoned themselves right out of the promise of God. You know your mind's renewed when the impossible begins to look probable. The renewing of the mind is to take a word that seems impossible and it starts to begin to look like that's the only way it could be. You know your mind's renewed when the impossible begins to look probable. That's a powerful word. I can't speak for you, but I know for me, I I got some work to do. Because I come up against impossible situations all the time. And I have to choose God's promise over the side of the problem, the side of the issue. And it's not hearing a promise from God that's the challenge. It's keeping it, continuing in, meditating on. Why? Because there's many voices around us. He says the first thing you need to do, change the environment. Change the environment. Okay? Second thing, verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Delight. Delight in the law of the Lord. That's that's a, a fervency. That's a passion. That's a I value. I honor this. They delight in the law of the Lord. Here it is. Meditating on it day and night. Meditating on it day and night. That's a long time. When do I stop meditating? You don't. 
In fact, what he's saying is, is you, you, you meditate and you don't even know you're meditating. Now, I've, I've done this with uh, challenges. I meditate on it and I don't even realize I'm meditating on it. I'll catch myself thinking negative thoughts. Why am I thinking about that right now? I'm not even like focused on it. Well, if we can do that with the negative, we can do that with the positive. If we can do that with a lie, we can do that with a promise. Come on. You just think about the blessings of the Lord. You just think about hope for the future. You just catch yourself thinking about the promises of God. For some of us, this might seem far-fetched, like, man, how do you get all the... You can. Like a tree planted, he says. Meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted. Here is verse 3. Planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit. What have we been saying? Your life is a result of the meditation, the result of what you maintain, a result of what you care for, a result. Your life is not a result of what you obtain. It's a result of what you maintain. Bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. In the Amplified, it reads this way in um, verse 2. Verse 2, the Amplified. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, here it is, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day, and by night. Hmm. So meditation is not for the purpose of getting the word in you. Meditation is for the purpose of getting the word out of you. Getting results, bearing fruit, yielding the results of what the word can do for your life. How do I do that? I have to meditate. I have to ponder. I have to think on. I have to keep it in front of me. I have to remain in. I have to continue in. Psalms 119. The whole chapter of Psalms 119 is powerful. It's a book by itself. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. And it speaks to the value of the Word of God, the whole thing from beginning to end. The value for the Word of God, but not just... See, it's like we started off with, sometimes we think we value something more than we do. Typically, value and honor in our mind is further or deeper than it is in actuality, in reality. That's not to condemn anybody. That's just to bring reality to the situation and say, do I value it the way I believe I do? Do I value it the way I think I do? This could go for anything in life, but we're talking specifically to the Word of God. But anything. Do I value my marriage as much as I think I do? Do I value my family time as much as I think I do? Do I value my work as much as I think I do? And the goal is to get those two as close as possible. To reconcile that gap. Psalms 119, verse 97. 
how I love your instruction. How I love your instruction. He says, it is my meditation all day long. I believe meditation is a habit, is an exercise that should never end. Maybe you meditate on something differently, but at the end of the day, meditation is a continual, it's not a, okay, I'm going to go meditate. It's not a turning off and turning on. I am constantly in thinking mode, pondering mode, dwelling mode on what his word says. But it begins with an infatuation with it. How I love your instruction. Your command makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. I have more insight than all my teachers because your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the elders because I obey your precepts. Meditating on the word yields alignment with the word. In keeping with the word. Continuing in the word. That's what Paul was trying to tell Timothy. You want to yield the results of my life? You followed in my perseverance. You followed in my affliction. You followed in my doctrine. You followed in my faith. You want to know how? To to keep that, you got to continue in. Maintain. It's this capacity of meditation. It's this me- uh, meditation is honor. If 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 I came to you and, and proposed something to you, and and you said, "Well, you know, what? Let, let me think about it," and then went away, and I come back in a week, and you haven't given any thought, then there's no honor. There's no value. It's not something that you've been seriously considering. It's not something that you've, it it didn't bear that much weight with you. But God's word ought not to be that way. God's word ought to be something that contains the weight and the value that even when I'm not in the book, it's in my mind. Sown in my heart and then I'm rehearsing it, reciting it, keeping it in front of me. Then I can produce the results from the word. Some of us are trying to produce results from a word that hasn't been deposited, hasn't been taken care of. You know, in talking about the parable of the sower, it was the one that yielded, it was the meditation process that watered the word. It's the meditation process that gave that plant, that seed, all the elements it needed, all the resources it needed so that it could sprout up and produce a crop. 30, 60, and 100 fold, it said. It's the meditation process that produces those results. The growing and the, so it's like a bank. And if I'm not making deposits, how can I make withdrawals? I'll go a step further. I'll say this. You are making withdrawals. And where you're making your withdrawals reveals where you've been making your deposits. 
If a challenge arises and fear, anxiety, or worry are the first things that pop up, we've been depositing things that are fueling fear, anxiety, and worry. I got your message today. And right after, it's, but God's got this because I know what's been deposited. And now we can see the results from that. Now we can see the results. We can see a miracle in her father's, the tumors in the colon. Well, in the name of Jesus, it's cursed. It's got to die at the root. It's got to go. But I already know where your heart's at, and so now you just got to meditate. Because the doctor will give you a report, and he'll give you some meditation product. Meditate on how much long you got to live. Meditate on here's all that we can do. Meditate on, well, hey, we got a doctor in heaven, the one that created the body, knows how to put it back together. We curse the thing. Meditation is such a powerful cue, guys. Not only does it reveal the level of honor, the level of value that we have for God's word, it is what literally makes a demand on the word of God. We've been saying this. It's not what what you do with the word determines what the word will do for you. What you do with the word. That's the parable of the sower. What you do with the word. What soil is it? it By the wayside? Does it get choked out in the first sign of persecution and trial? Does it get cut off by deceitfulness of riches and cares of this world? You know, we're not, we're not stewarding very well if we ask God for a miracle and then when we get the miracle, we abandon him. That's not stewardship. You obtained. I've watched that happen. I've believed God, I've believed God with people for a new job and the new job keeps them from coming to church. The new job keeps them from seeking first the kingdom of God. The new job keeps them from valuing the things of the Father. That's not stewardship. You obtained a blessing. And he's looking for people that can maintain a blessing, manage it, and allow it to produce the right, the right results. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.